everyone and welcome to Full Circle on KPFA 94.1 FM and We Rise on 89.3 FM KPFB coming to you from Berkeley which is occupied Ohlone territory known as Huchin. I'm your host Kat Petru and I am delighted to be bringing you this show with three local radical educators. What's up? It's Nicole from We Rise. I'm happy to be co-producing, co-hosting this show with our dear friends. We've got Tierra, Miss T., who was in a previous show. We've got Brother Safari from Roses. What up, what up? Pangea. Pangea, represent. And we got our friend James here. Bless up, how are you doing? Thank you so much for being here. I wanted to just share with listeners, Nikki and I were really excited to bring the three of you together because Mm -hmm. you three are doing education differently than we see it in the mainstream, then we hear it talked about by our political leaders at the moment. Mm. We know that you're in this for the long haul and that you truly want liberation and empowerment for your students. We wanted to invite you to come together to talk about the strategies you employ with your students and with fellow educators. And we wanted to have the opportunity also for folks listening who may not be educators to learn how they can better support these young people these future generations. Mm-hmm. So with that, can we start with a round of introductions, maybe your name, where you work, and um, how you got into education? Mm, okay, Ms. so T. my name is Miss T, Tierra Asia Knox. Uh, my students call me Miss T, a.k.a. Miss Teach, and mm-hmm. I am a teacher at Urban Montessori Charter School. It is Oakland's first ever public Montessori Charter School. Um, I'm also the executive director of Curriculum Development and Divine Experience Creation with Pink Panther Sorority Incorporated, a black esteem, self-esteem science camp for black and brown girls in the Bay Area. And I've been working with youth for about a dozen years now by some miracle. Um, And I started, oh wow, I started basically just by discovering the youth at the Museum of Children's Arts and collaborating with them at Camp Galileo, and I realized I needed to basically be present with them for as long as possible. Thank you, Miss T. Who wants to go next? I'll I'll hit it. Safari Ra, Brother Safari, as the children call me. Oh, my goodness. Let me see. Um, I'm a teacher. I wear many hats. I'm a teacher. I'm a director. I've been a principal. I've been after school program director, kind of jumped around throughout the years. Been doing this about almost almost 20 years. It's almost 20 if I go back. We started in the late 90s. And to be honest with you, that first kind of renaissance, for those who know your Oakland history, that kicked off like hip-hop education everything, was, was all of us kind of experimenting back in the day. Um, when we were thrown into the schools, you know, we started, you know, 
doing the academics, but also mixing in the artistic side and the hip hop. And then it started to get asked for. This was a revolutionary moment back in the day in the Bay was when teachers and schools started asking us to actually bring hip hop and use hip hop through our academics. Um, And then it just led on from there for me. It just my resume started building. The passion started building um, in a way that we didn't even know, you know, was going to go this direction. And then, you know, shout out to You Speaks. I became part of that. Slam coaches and creative writing coaches and did that in New York, too, um, in New Orleans. Um, and then I just I basically worked at most of the schools in Oakland, the from McClymonds to um, Oakland Tech and all those in the middle schools. But I really found my love in the elementary schools. Um, the babies really are so hungry and ready for the energy. And so I created a company called Pangea, finally, um, which was inspired by my mentor, Martha Diaz, from H2A, Hip Hop Education, um, and Hip Hop Association, excuse me. She did the biggest film festival in New York. She was like, you need to create your own org. And so I finally did. And I basically wanted to make sure the five elements of hip hop were in there, you know, um, DJing, MCing, graffiti writing, and break dancing, and then throw in beatboxing in there. Um, and then, you know, film and capoeira I've thrown in there. And I'm currently partnered up with one of my favorite schools ever in my career, which is Roses in Concrete. Uh, shout out to Roses in Concrete and um, my sister Roz over there, yeah. who brought, it, brought me in What's through up, Arts Roz? Academy. Shout out, Roz, big time. And Lauren and everybody over there, um, Octavio. The, it's 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 been that school that finally let me do what I do. And after fifteen, sixteen years of doing it, it's kind of nice to just allow me to, you know, bring my program to it and and bring out all the years of of what we've done. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and before James and, and Nikki, actually, I want to offer one more chance for you to introduce yourself as an educator yourself. Before you share, I just wanted to say, in addition to talking about how folks can better support young people, I also want would love to hear you all speak to how people can better support educators. Because in addition to speaking to the struggles you observe your students experiencing, I know that it's hard also as an educator. So I just wanted to mention that now. Mm-hmm. Um, James, could you please introduce yourself? Yeah, so my name is James Damiani. Uh, probably probably the newest to the group in terms of working in the field of education. I've been educating, facilitating, learning from youth for past six or seven years. Um, actually new to the Bay Area. Came from Sacramento. Sacramento, California is home. And that's where I started working in youth camps and really just fell in love with how much I learn and the process of co-creating with youth. And currently I work at an organization called Soul Shop. And with Soul Shop, I work with K through sixth grade. And we really work in the field of social-emotional competencies. And I facilitate workshops and really just explore. Um, I consider myself a little bit less of a teacher and more of what, what we like to call like a reacher. We reach into the world and see what's going on, and then we co-create uh, what can be possible. And I also uh, founded an organization, co-founder of an organization called Naturally Expressive Leaders. And what we do is we use expressive arts and we go into schools and we really work with groups of high schoolers that are working on participatory action research. And we look at ways in which we can infuse expressive arts into their presentations and into their, their journey to create change in their communities. Thank you so much. Lit. You, all three of you. Amazing. So, Nikki, could you just give one more quick intro to yourself as an educator? Yeah, I'd have to say, actually, James, I'm the youngest to this group. (laughs) I just started working um, at Roses, actually. Um, Roz invited me last summer to 
help lead the visual arts for her camp, Oakland. And that it was kind of like jump right in visual arts, like two weeks. That's where I met Safari. We went hard. And um, after that fun experience, um, Brazil being. Oh, yeah, Brazil. It was quite a production. Site specific performances, music, visual arts. It was an amazing collaboration. And then Miss um, Roz invited me to come back and teach after school art in her after school art academy at Roses. And I will say it kicked my butt. <laughs> it kicked my butt in the first few weeks, but it get, it's, get, it's getting easier. Um, and it's the kids there are so inspiring, and it's such a blessing to be able to collaborate with these kids. Like I don't, you know, I'm quote unquote a teacher, but honestly, it's a collaboration for me because I've still so much to learn on how to lead kids. But also, every time we make art together, there are so many um, revelations I get as an artist mm-hmm. and. They're teaching me things, and I I just listen to them, and I see what they're asking for, and it's it's really great to have space to explore that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Thank you for sharing all of that, Nikki. So we can go many directions to begin with. Is there any place any of you three want to start? So so I I have some curiosity just being in with the room with folks for the first time and kind of learning a little bit about what everybody's doing. And uh, I I wanted to start and I had some curiosity around the topic of empowerment and what what that looks like in your different programs um, and and how you all work with the youth in terms of delivering empowerment. I mean, right off the bat, you know, there's always this thing that's said to me. It's been said to me from the beginning um, as far as like when it comes to working with kids, working with youth, work with children, whatever, however you want to say it. And there's this, oh, my goodness, Safari, how do, why is it they respond to you so much? And there's this energy and this magic. And we are trying to get them to do math and this and that. And now in your class, and as if I've got some kind of, you know, magic to me about it, when really it's that that's what I'm always focused on is that empowerment, meaning, like, I really trust them. I'm really, like, listening to them. I'm really sitting there, you know, building them up, constantly focusing on their confidence and really um, – as we, you know, a lot of workshops and facilitations always were about, you know, positive reinforcement. But that almost becoming your language, like constantly. And, you know, bigging them up. I created a handshake a long time ago in New York that we do peace, respect, strength, love, eyes open. Just making a real connection because it's all about them getting um, validated constantly. You know, whatever they might seem to be hungry for or missing from somewhere else, tuning into that and then just just filling it up, building up and loving these children up, giving them that love that they deserve and they're looking for and they're hungry for. That's the magic secret. You know, it's not really a big secret. And then you begin to implement, you know, making education fun, which is kind of what the whole strategy with using hip hop is. But there's always the undercurrent of empowering through love and through connection and through listening and through validating constantly over and over. And when you see them, especially right when they roll up big and big, hey, how you what's up? You know, like. They're young people. You know, sometimes we, we put children in these boxes and then we're, diff, we're adults. Like, they want the same thing we want. You know, they want to be, they want to feel like you see them. And that's empowering right there. Just you, or, or one more thing, one more level to it is um, if you happen to do something as a teacher, as an adult that might have been off or wrong, apologizing to them, something they hardly ever get. You know, my bad. I apologize to you. I could have heard you a little bit more in that moment. These are the um, basic empowerment, you know, just human empowerments for our, for our young people that 
I enjoy being able to give and and God knows they empower me to mm-hmm. constantly, you know, when I need the exact same thing. So, yeah, I'll, Ashe. I'll start there. Ashe. Okay. okay. Um, thank you for that question, James. Wow. Where do I begin? I've, I, I, I'd like to speak to the beginning of this school year. Uh, we start off this school year. We start off the school year really reinforcing our motto, which is to show challenges who's the boss. We are courageous, determined, reflective, visionary, collaborative innovators. And we have a number of tools and resources that we can see and that we can tap into so that we can activate our innovators' mindset. Um, Maybe this will flow into your questioning earlier about um, how – how adults can be of service for the youth, adults outside of education settings. And I think that the the social pressure, pressures towards obedience and submission that were so much a part of our childhood are such old programming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we need for our youth to be courageous and able to radically innovate in the face of difficulties as their best and highest selves. So we spend a lot of time doing that year-round. It's a year-round process, but we go hard. Like the first several weeks, we don't even touch math. We don't touch any of that curriculum. It's all social-emotional, social justice learning. Um, And, you know, I'll stop there. But there's so much to say on that. If I could say one more thing that when you say social-emotional, like before I was with Roses, um, I was was a mindful instructor um, and director in Richmond. And um, for you, it was my first time doing that under that, you know, name, mindfulness. So I was able to take all these workshops and then literally go from class to class and school to school doing mindful, you know, mindful sits. And that really took a whole nother level of empowerment, you know, empowerment of them really sitting and just working on nurturing their presence mm-hmm. as far as the social emotional piece. Mm-hmm. So it was a trip to go from mindfulness to just straight up hip hop. And what's really cool is it is mixing the two together. Like, let's focus on our breath. Ooh, yeah, let's breathe. Good. Okay, now let's beatbox. <laughs> that's great. It, I love that, that you bring up fun. you bring up this concept of of breath because that's almost exactly where we start uh, with the young people that I work with. Kindergarten through sixth grade, it's like, how are you breathing? What does it feel like? And and to to go back to to something that you said about apologizing, right? And Today, I actually had an experience where I was facilitating a workshop, and it, it spoke to something for me that this young man felt so comfortable after the workshop. He came up. He said, Mr. James, I got to tell you something. I feel frustrated right now. And I said, why do you feel frustrated? He said, because I was trying to share my dream today, and you didn't have time to call on me. Mm. And in that moment, I felt so much trust. Like, he could trust me to not just blow him off. Mm. And, and I apologized to him, and he started crying. And it was like no adult has just had ever, had ever just been honest and apologized to him and make a mistake. It's just like, oh, we don't have time. It's so quick to come to making excuses. And I was just honest. And, and I truly felt because he needed to share that. He needed to be seen. Yeah. And so I, he stayed after and he shared his dream with me. And the other group came in and they were, like, they were a little bit late and I was a little bit late. And, and I apologized to them and I told them what had happened. And... And it was so empowering for me to be able to have that space, to be honest. And also it felt like the depth of the workshop was just there already because mm-hmm. we started at this place like I'm, I make mistakes. And 
that's a that's a spot where every time I work with you, it's about acknowledging like, hey, that's that's a problem. Not not just for you, right? For adults too. It's so hard for us to admit right. when when there's a mistake, and it just made me think about like we're all humans, right? Humanity and humility can go hand in hand, and when that's in a space, it helps to co-create. Like, hey, we can all just be here and, and bring everything that we are to that to that space. And so, so thank you, thank you for what you've shared, right? Because that that's that really hit me. Yeah, physically thinking about oh that experience just happened today, mm. that like it was fresh. That's mm. <laughs> fresh, yeah. yeah. Can I can I flow yes. on? Can I veggie back on that? <laughs> Please do. Unicorn back on mistakes and really celebrating them and honoring them. I know I, I mentioned to James earlier that mistakes are the brain's attempt to make the new neural connection, mm. and historically mistakes are experienced with so much shame. Hmm. And so much judgment. Hmm. Um, and so children don't want to repeat any sort of courageous risk-taking ever again. Hmm. So celebrate. We have this thing where someone makes a mistake and everyone goes crazy and celebrates. Yep. And, like, we right. all talk about it. And um, giving them the opportunity to be seen is everything. And it, it, I, I observe that it is if their energy... There, there's so much energy, right? And in, and in giving them the space to be seen, I'm, I am no longer a blockage, if you will. I can step back and let them flow and create more momentum in our community for powerful innovation. It's amazing. That's right. I also think we got to, you know, when we come into a community, we got to also check ourselves on, like, they already have their own way of language, their own way of speaking, their own way of connecting. Unless we grew up on the same block, same street. We use, a lot of times teachers are coming from other places. And I noticed that, you know, folks will come into a room and try to like, okay, I'm in control and this is what we about to do. And this is, and it's like, I think what's also empowering is when you allow yourself to be enveloped in their culture that's already there. You, you know, not always this I'm coming to save the day mentality, you know, but like maybe, maybe if you're coming into a community you've never mm-hmm. been from, you don't even know, there might be language and words and ways they deal with emotion and things that are, Maybe they've dealt with stuff you haven't even dealt with before and and understand things you might not even have touched or vice versa. So I think we'll double back on that empowering thing is like being like, I'm, I, let me know, asking them questions. What's it like? Like, where? what do y'all say or what do you do or or how do you speak? How do you speak on that? Um, I could speak to that, especially yeah. considering I'm like fairly new to educating or the school environment. Um yeah, when I came in, I went in humble because I was like, this is not my territory. I'm learning. Um, one of the things I wanted to really build was just getting to know these kids because there was such a strong community there. They all knew each other's names, all the teachers, every kid. And so when I went in, I made sure that the first week I really would, you know, we would just free draw and I would go around the room and sit and talk to them and like ask how their day was and really wanted to learn their names from the get go. So then it wouldn't just be like, oh, will you say your name again later? Like, that's such a terrible thing to not know a kid's name. Um, yeah, and even even when we take, like, some short breaks, I try to make sure to, like, check in with them. It's like, how are you doing? How was your break? And just really, I'm just still building those relationships right now, mm-hmm. you know? So I want them to be able to feel like they could trust me or, like, you know, that they can be honest with me. Um, and so I appreciate that. And also, like like you said earlier, just not really going in with this authoritarian kind of authoritative voice. Like, especially that's why I say I'm a collaborator. Um, I like 
imagine myself being a leader in the space, but not necessarily I'm the only one leading, like they're teaching me all of that. So just really being open and building that relationship. Thank you all for, for sharing all of that. There's a theme of humility that I'm noticing amidst the four of you, and that's one reason why we wanted to bring you on. And there's a lot to get into with that, but I think it's time for your voices to coalesce in a music break. Safari, what do you think about that? Oh, you know I'm down. Okay. Talking about freestyling? That's what I'm talking about. Uh, are you just going to drop the beat like that? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to start or you want to hit that written? <laughs> I think if you help me out. Okay. I'm working on my courage too, but I got this. All right. Shout out to all the freestylers out there. Let me see what I can do. I'm off the top, I'm off the frame, I'm off the game. It's not the same. I remember me strangers off the off the energy, off the friend of me, underwater like a sea and enemy. When I hit that brick, don't master bath, don't master all that. I come with the lyrical fitness, linguistic, artistic break like biscuits, education like an Afro Haitian or spaceman. I be crazy, never lazy, so amazing. Here we go on a whole nother flow. I'm on telekinetic and energetic. When I said it, get umbilical with the physical mind, typical with a ritual, African ritual. That question, that answer, that black, that panther, that time, that um, that cancer, that one, that. Zodiac. When I come right back, relax, get a chiropractor. I don't know what for. In a minute, when I flip right in, and when I did it, when I done, it's fun. I know we all just be up in it. We just flipping one. It's like I'm um, Oak Town when I go round. When it, it, it could be with no sound. I know I be stumbling, but I'm back with the quickness, lyrical fitness. Yes, jumping like I'm on a mattress, not an actress or actor, but I keep on going when I'm um, when I come back for what it, um, what it is, what, what it do. I'm here, I'm in it. Watch me finish. I diminish these all. I love my freestyle when I never fall. I ride. Exercise, I despise them haters. I am a black skater. I'll see you later. Pulling keys like Cal Jader. Oh wow. Okay, now I'm about to pass it. Yes, I rep that bay like I'm curry in a hurry. That's what it is. Now I'm popping shoulders. Yes, old school like a trapper keeper folder. I pass it to you because I know you about to do it. Oh yeah. Started with radical fear, exploring toxicity, learning the impact of trauma and what it done to me. Uh. Caught in this matrix, wondering how deep it go. Individual, interpersonal, institutional. But then I heard a sound, soft but so clear. Hmm. It was my ancestors telling me they was near, Blah. saying to God, the youth innovates the only way. Hey. I have to be courageous. I have to start today. <laughs> I have to learn from my past, execute analysis. To leave with my heart Elevate and choose bliss We ain't gotta go far The knowledge within All we gotta do is unlock the secrets inside our melanin Black. Knowledge all powerful And justice jokes on you We are kings and queens Our legacy will follow through I am because we are My heart beat right here Wakanda forever <laughs> And we will persevere Hey, Damn. We never freeze <laughs> Oh my goodness, you are listening to KPFA 94.1 FM and KPFB 89.3 FM. This is a show produced by We Rise for both Full Circle and We Rise. I'm your host, Kat Petru. You just heard Safari and Miss T on the mics. Libra Squad. Give it up. Libra Squad. Balance. Wow. So along with my co-host, Nicole Gervasio, we're bringing you three radical educators for the hour, speaking to you about what it takes to bring humility, courage, and 
commitment for the long haul for liberation for these students and for one another. And before the break, our guests, Ms. T, Tierra uh, Safari and James Damiani were speaking to their understanding of how to empower students and and also the need to enter a space with humility. And it was reminding me of a film that I watched with Nikki several months ago, maybe last year even, called Schooling the World, The White Man's Last Burden. It's this incredible one-hour for-free online look-it-up documentary about the legacy of on this land, actually on this land and others, the way that colonizers come in and use education not to actually teach or to encourage people to learn, but to control and to dominate. And so part of what I see the four of you doing as educators, however you may define that, is a practice of decolonization. Hmm. Imagine that. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Kat. If there are any threads you want to pick up from where we left off, go for it. Otherwise, I can happily ask another question. Okay, so I would love to hear you speak to struggles and obstacles you see in the classroom. And you can take this in two directions as I see it. You could talk about struggles you see your students facing. Actually, maybe three. Struggles that are obviously institutional, you can speak to that, but also what struggles maybe you have on a daily basis because if you're not nourishing yourselves or able to nourish one another, it's harder to nourish and collaborate, as Nikki put it, with the students. Mm-hmm. I'd love to start. I'd love to start because I, I would like to free my spirit of what I feel like is uh, particularly pressing on this Monday. And in a couple of week, my a couple of weeks, my third year students, Montessori classrooms are mixed grades. So I've got first, second, third grade. And my third year students are about to take the CAASPP California Assessment of Students Performance Task. And according to this assessment's data last year, 100 percent of our African American students at our school were were not proficient according to this assessment. So that was my first time hearing this data. And hearing that, my immediate red flag was like, this is racial profiling. What is happening? Of course, my students who are black and brown, I see them. They are brilliant. They, are, they have everything it takes to persevere. What is happening to them while they are taking the test? That is a, like the equivalent. I'm going to take it back to childhood for you guys. When we were filling out in the seas all the way down on the Scantron, right? <laughs> the process of elimination when you don't even have a strong enough intuition to know what your first guess is, your best guess. Like, what does that mean to a child who sees questions presented in a particular way and they just want to click and get out of there? What is happening to them? So my challenge right now, I notice I'm, my students are amazing, brilliant, intellectual, Lupin classroom, shout out to you. <laughs> They're amazing um, innovators, and they show challenges. Who's the boss? I want to equip them with the tools so that they understand the neuroscience of success. And so when they feel sensations in their body that are telling them that they, that they are uncomfortable, for instance, while taking these assessments, that they know what to do and how to tap into themselves so that they can still be their best. And I'm committed to seeing those bars raised for my black and brown students just like any other child at my school. 
Um, and so that's really inspired some radical kinesthetic math and movement and play and, um, and all the things because the school-to-prison pipeline is real. This is not a joke. This is not a drill. Our children are under attack, and I'm committed to interrupting and um, what am I calling it? Um, I'll, I'll pause there. I'm committed to interrupting. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, that strikes a nerve. I appreciate you bringing that to the forefront because this whole idea of testing, you know what I mean, and the pressure it puts on and what it does to the system when you get tested, um, quote unquote, and the language also that they flip, they quote unquote flip in the testing. You know, this this falls back on the responsibility of whoever the teachers are preparing the students for the quote unquote tests. But also, you know, within those quote unquote tests, there's a certain kind of way they're flipping the language and the way they're creating the whole setup in the first place. Um, so, you know, that that definitely strikes a nerve because I remember being tested and I remember those tests and those scantrons and the feeling of it. And this is where we bring in the mindfulness. We would definitely I spent a lot of time working with students on doing your mindful breathing and do, and tapping into your presence and noticing what feelings were coming up whenever you felt like you were about to take a test. And, of course, it's the fear and the nervousness and the, my stomach's doing this and my heart's starting to pace and I'm breaking out in the sweat and so on and so forth. And then you got to answer these questions because if you don't, then this is going to happen. Or you might be not as smart as you think you are. Then the judgment piece. I might not be as good as, or memory, remember anything. And there's all this stuff coming up that literally has nothing to do with their intelligence. And then I go even one step further to say those who are mastering that kind of code switch language, those of us who have to code switch to go into that, which is an intelligent to itself, by the way, of being able to code switch to different types of speaking and languages we never really talk about. Um, but there are those who do pass all their tests and get perfect A's and, you know, so on and so forth, aren't necessarily um, intelligent. Mm-hmm. Like some people are just good at memorizing stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, shout out to people with good memories, but it's like that's just a piece and a part. And so just the idea, and I, mean, I could bring this to the table too, like what is intelligence? What does that mean? Is it how well you communicate? Is it how well you co-switch? Is it how well you memorize? Is it how well you assimilate? Is it how well you can, you know, like that to me is also part of this. You bring up that question of what is intelligence, and this is something I've reflected on a lot. And for me, there's something that is so key about the ability to create. And creativity, creativity is the, is the seat for intelligence to sit upon, to have the ability to create rather than to just memorize and recite. And flipping it back to, like, colonization, right? And now it's it's important that one can remember and recite the rules and the regulations Mm -hmm. and and cultivating that and valuing that intelligence versus the ability to create, to generate, to do something different. And then oftentimes that is then shunned and looked down upon, like, why are you asking so many questions? The question is not going to be on the test. The answer is going to be on the test. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about the question. Worry about the answer, right? Instead of cultivating students that generate questions. Mm -hmm. Because in a test, you need to know the answer. (laughs) <laughs> Not a question about the question. And and so for me, that goes back to colonization, to this idea of just operate within the system. And, and, and I know so many teachers that are passionate about changing that. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's something about safety and, and feeling safe to speak your voices. There's a reason why I'm not a teacher in a school, in a formal setting. 
because I and I and I joke right. with people all the time, I'm like, because I'll just get fired. So it's going to be challenging for me to teach a certain way when I know there's restrictions and and to not feel safe to speak up, to not feel like I can be honest about how I feel, and and then wonder why there's there's a classroom where where teachers don't express their feelings honestly. We can't do it with our superiors. And we can't do it with other people. How are we going to ever cultivate that if we're not modeling it? Like same intelligence is valued in teachers, right? Be able to recite, learn this test, teach to this test versus creating. Oh, yeah. And then we're also going to stack on top of that, create a classroom culture and environment in this limited amount of time. We're not going to really give you no time, but we send you to 20 trainings and then you implement that in between there. It's not given value. Just like students that ask a lot of questions, in my experience, are not valued. They're up there putting these uh, behavioral classes, right? Because you ask too many questions. And then when I sit with them, I'm like, dang, that's a good question. We should explore that. <laughs> they got answers, too. <laughs> they, they may not phrase it in the right code. So it gets taken a certain kind of way because people feel a certain way about, you know, how the youth are speaking. And I've just learned so much. That's why I say I'm always learning. I'm always learning no matter what. I'm, I worked in Sacramento, neighborhoods that I'm from. I'm, I'm still learning. Hey, it's different now. It wasn't like that for me when I was little. So I'm always learning and and valuing that exploration, I think, is is a major thing to explore. How do we shift that in the classroom? And and I know there's a lot of stuff going on right now to try to address that, but these tests still become limiting. Mm-hmm. They still become limiting because the teacher's input is, you know, Ms. T is like, I see this. I see this beauty. I see the ability to create. But how does that get factored into the test? Mm-hmm. How do we create a system that allows for that, right, for that input, for that value? Mm-hmm. And it it makes me wonder about how, how there's this constriction, right? Wonder and also have some answers to, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate. This is also why Kat and I invited you all here. Is that you guys are all so creative and you're all visionaries, and you guys are like on the edge of like these discoveries of how to work with kids and youth. And so I would love to hear things that you guys are creating, um, the work that you do, the you know, revelations you've had in the classroom that you didn't even expect. I would love to hear that. Well, can I say something before we get into that? Because I feel like it needs to be, it, it, it's, it's just like the elephant in the room um, and it needs to be spoken on. And I'm definitely focusing on this too, actually in the classrooms. But it's the idea that um, when we talk about intelligence, that there is, you know, a lot of traditional education, quote unquote, and, and also, you know, starting to kind of come in the mix of all the new tech and the digital age. And we're switching ages. A lot of the children are end up knowing more technology and quicker, you know, they're getting their information quicker. We know this, you know, they can Google everything. They can, you know, they're on, they're on social media all the time. They can YouTube everything. And, and they, and they all walking around. A lot of our youth are walking around with um, smartphones and the companies know that. So there's this relationship now between the tech companies and our youth that is forming that has nothing to do with us. We're just somewhere yeah. kind of in the middle of all this. Mm-hmm. So literally where you have classrooms filled with, Student, hundreds of students who know the tech more the better than their teachers do. And if they don't know something, they can just Google it real quick and bam. So we're, we're literally entering into a different world technically. And we're in the Bay where all most of the tech companies are, you know, basically making a home for themselves. So as far as like how education is working or evolving, literally in right in front of our face, everything's evolving. It's quick and it's moving fast. So how we do things, in what way, where, where information is coming from, how quick you can access information is as far as technology goes, is moving at the speed of light and as our young people eat it up every second you know what i mean and so you you can go into classrooms in certain classrooms and they literally have the laptops and the smartphones and the you know they're they're working on coding you can go in other classrooms they don't even have textbooks 
You know what I mean? You can quickly see who is getting who is getting hooked up and who's not and how they're going to either plug in or how they're not based off, you know, how much money is being made in that area or so on and so forth. So it's still a battle for resources, mm-hmm. even now if it's like tech resources, because we know at this point who's plugged in now is going to get the quickest information, who's tapped in, who's paying attention. And so that's shifting the whole pedagogy and the paradigm of how even things work anymore. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When you have a seven-year-old who's been raised on an iPad, you know, and literally has access to that information, you know, in the same room as someone who doesn't even know how to turn on one, then what are you what are you dealing with there? Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to bring that into the conversation as we move forward and what we – I can't wait to hear what we all do, what y'all do in the classrooms, how to evolve. But we're literally dealing with e- evolution in technology and, and its and its effect on all of us as we speak. Thank you so much, yeah. Safari, for bringing that up. It's actually about time for another music interlude. How do you feel about doing one of those and then coming back and getting into what you all are creating? Sounds good to yeah. me. Okay. Okay. I'm giving you fair warning this time. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to freestyle this time, right? I'm going to try. Yeah. I was like, that was, that was my verse I had to Which was fire. Thank you. All right, you ready? Mm-hmm. You want me to start? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, go ahead, hit it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They call me Misty. Yeah, Misty era. They can't hang. Oh my God, I need another try. Jump. Hold on, let me try to rhyme. You know, one time I do it all the time with my kiddos. They say, yo, Miss T, how far can you go? Can you rhyme with me? Can you read through the read aloud? Can you do it? Oh man, this is terrible. But that's okay, cause I model mistakes for the babies every day. And this is how it's done. I feel in the sweat, I give thanks for my heartbeat turn. And we practice mindfulness. Yes, we become the masters of our breath. Yes, we connect with our neural connections. And we take it to the cerebral. <laughs> we take it to the limbic, the limbic system. Understand the amygdala. And then I'm going to stop now. <laughs> I love that you're playing with it, though. It was all about. <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> no apologies for master at astrology, oceanography, and even even mastering your biology. I mean the psychology of every minute I flip. When I be in it, a world I might spin it. It's like the telekinetic, the energetic. I said it, I told them they beheaded, but now you up on Reddit or up any website. Peep the technology, cause every time it comes in, like we said, a- apology to any you have it. Mics, I keep grabbing, I love it, cause when I'm freestyling, my mind's a habit. How dare you test intelligent, keeping it all relevant? When I don't forget nothing, what am I hearing? An elephant telling it. To the masses, boom, and then I cash just moving and bobbing and weaving these fools like I was cash clay. You talked about him earlier in the day, moving like Muhammad Ali. What can we say? It's old school like Sade, like kid and play forever. My mind is still clever. I snowboard out in the Denver, Colorado. Slikes my brain like avocado and ride through these rhymes is like an El Dorado. Could I be anything more than seamless? I seem stressed when we um bob and weave. Hard to believe. Cause every time I spit this wisdom, it's like I wanna give these children Malcolm exorcisms and open up. And open up the brain It's really insane We all searching for fame Whether Snapchat When we snap back Or Instagram But I'd rather be chilling With my gram for an instant Meaning I'm in the middle It's quite like a riddle It's okay cause I'm on the roof But I ain't got a fiddle Come on you Shakespeare's But I wanna Shakespeare's Like Wakanda And open up like a piranha Underwater Or maybe I'm the black Harry Potter Or maybe I'ma remind you Why you got fathers Why bother Or maybe I'm the black Willy Wonka Open it up Man I was little playing with Tonka They been trying to get
get my brain since I was little Or on the TV, believe me Or maybe like Stevie Wonder What they were saying when I was praying Cause I'm delaying Cause every time my mind keep on saying It's like you got me in the matrix How I'm gonna face this Y'all tell me I'm Neo But I'm feeling I'm Creole Cause I'm from New Orleans From the deep dirt of South It's word of mouth And watch how my youth work it out If you try to trap us, we'll get out We know the codes, we down low We getting through all your Netflix episodes We underestimate us Nah, with quickness, don't try to do that We got the mental fitness Um, how many times must they try to break us down When we break apart, then we reassemble with our heart Redesign, redefine, realign, read the mind Read between all lines as we all redefine Come on, you think we on some old brain When we the same ones that came up with all this like Coltrane I got no brain, so I'm somewhere in the vast galaxy That's why they mad at me, huh, had it be, had to be Somebody trying to take my body Whether we learn Capoeira, Karate, Oladi Dadi From Slick Rick, we got some whole other ish Come on, it's like the Pisces, but I'm rewinding the fish So while you wash your dish, remind you that life is a circle That's why I keep it nerdy like Urkel Come on, I'm a Libra, but I'm mixed with the Pisces I'm the same kid when young, drinking the iced tea Listening to iced tea, come on, I say it nicely But now, we getting technology and it's spicy And even if you don't like me or like them It's okay, I'm spitting these words mixed with the phlegm So my ancestors become the transistor So when you talk to my youth, treat them with respect Like Mrs. and Mr. Ah. Hey, welcome back to KPFA 94.1 FM Full Circle and 89.3 FM KPFB We Rise. I'm your host, Kat Petru, and I am so honored to be bringing you this show with three radical educators and artists and creators and dreamers and visionaries. We've got Miss T in the house. Hi. We got Safari. Turn up. And we got James Damiani. Yep, yep. And my co-host, Nicole Gervasio, who I'm going to turn the mic back to in just a moment. Before the break, Nikki asked these three a question. And Nikki, I would love if you could repeat that for us now. Yeah, um, we were talking about how Kat and I were so excited to bring you into the studio to talk and get to know each other and share how you create in the in the classroom or out of the classroom, how you Use creativity to create new curriculums, ways to educating and learning with each other, with kids, both young and older. You all are very much visionaries, and you have such different approaches that I have never really seen in other educators. So I would love to hear your process. Also, some like revolutionary moments you've had where maybe you had an aha moment that you didn't even expect to have with students. One thing that I'm really, really excited about right now is actually a project that got running up in Sacramento um, at the Deer High School that I just, I just could not, I could not leave. Um, and we're working there with a group of youth that are involved in an action research project, and they've been researching third-party homicides, as we like to call it, but essentially uh, murders in their community of their friends, family, and taking data from other students at their school to see how abuse and neglect is affecting um, affecting them and the impacts on them. And they're preparing this presentation to go to the school board and to go to a couple different places. And what the organization that I helped to co-create is going in and doing is, is, is taking these numbers that they've gathered and putting faces to them and spending time not just creating PowerPoints, um, but going through different processes for like, what what is this actually like? Who are these people to you? 
and and connecting to that space emotionally so that that can be delivered when going up and presenting these things because it's not just numbers. And one of my dear friends, Brother Dre T. Um, from up in Sacramento, spoke to me one day and, and we had this great conversation. And, and he said, you know, as long as people see numbers and don't see human beings, then nothing's going to ever change. If youth and, and their struggles are just seen as, as pie charts, then nothing's ever going to change. Mm-hmm. And so we really go in and working with theater of the oppressed, playback theater, really working with creating masks of your face and seeing yourself and, and working deep, working deep in that space. So these youth that are going out to do these presentations understand where, where it lives inside of their body. And, and with that feeling can, can then hold a space for some people that may be disconnected from that but that also have money and resource um, to make a change. And so I'm really, really excited um, about going up there and continuing to do this work that has a notable difference. And we, we talk about the organs. How do we take care of ourselves? At the same time, as we're doing this data, because that's what's real. It's not just numbers. And to, to see their eyes light up and to, to see the integration versus the separation, like, hey, you go have this experience and then you go present on it. And how to bring those things together is really something we've been working on for a couple of years. And to, to see the project come to life and to see the youth just light up when they get that chance to be like, oh, the personal can be involved in this. This is not separate. Um, that's, so that's, that's a major project we got going on right now, me and uh, my partner, that we go, we go do these workshops and we're going to be up there again pretty soon. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to working with these youth more. So that's just one example of... Um, kind of what I'm doing and the processes that we're developing. I think um, what's fresh is that uh, I'm in this magical, evolving, ridiculous school called Roses and Concrete that when I walked in, I mean, the aha, the oh my God moments are happening left and right. As soon as I walked in, I knew like I found my home, uh, meaning Pangea and meaning I could really teach what I teach because literally as you walk around campus, you're, you're walking in, whether you're walking into like an Alvin Ellie dance number by Roz, you know, where she, she holds her students to some high standards and pushes them and they love it. And it's, it's amazing to see that or the, or the kindergartners all dressed in their ballet outfits, doing ballet, little brown and brown and black babies, just doing their ballet and feeling good. Um, then you turn the corner and someone's teaching Coltrane and trumpet in the next room. Then you turn the corner and someone, then you get, you go in another room and there's, you know, uh, live graffiti art going on or beat making or breakdance crews. I've gotten a chance to teach breakdance this year along with a few other teachers and the kids are forming their own crews. And we do this whole festival called Rock the Concrete, which um, I created along with Roz and Arts Academy at the end of the year where it's basically like our kid cella. And, we're, and like if, 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 if one of the things I love to do in Pangea is I want to make it as real as possible for them. So if, if a student says, I love fashion, it's like, oh, okay, at the end of the year, you're going to have your own fashion show. So everything you want to, you want to go through, um, you know, and learn is going to be activated and be done. And for real, they used to call these what tech schools, you know, like, no, 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 we're going to take the idea and the, the desire that you're having and we're going to make it real. And uh, one of the things that has been so fun to do is do movies. So I'm making movies with these children, and they are incredible actors and actresses capturing their greatness. And what's really amazing about making movies now with them, short movies, is that we can take them and we can show them on the big screen to the whole school and have this movie opening with popcorn and everything and make it the realest experience, like straight up, like movie premiere. And just to see what that does to the students who are in the movie when everyone's coming, the, the... 
the excitement that comes out of them when they're like, okay, we're going to get it all ready. We're going to do this. And then it's shown and their parents are validating them on screen. And so I'm like, to me now, being at Roses has shown me like what is actually possible. Um, mm-hmm. And I, it's been in pieces and parts through the years I've been doing this. But when you have a school or you have an organization like Arts Academy who's like, do it, go and let it happen. And you connect that with the ideas and these hungry children. And we, it's like the possibilities are endless, mm-hmm. especially when you can activate it into reality right there on campus mm-hmm. and beyond. And th- that's so I can't even like be like one aha moment. I'm like, mm-hmm. literally, this is one big aha moment, like mm-hmm. the work we're doing right now over there. I'm coming from a day to day. We're watching, you know. B-girls battle B-boys and then shaking hands afterwards and creating their own crews right in front of me. What? <laughs> yeah, I'll say that the, the culture and that sense of community at Roses is so strong that I felt that too walking in. I just walked through to get, get to know the space and already just from the artwork hanging from the walls, you can get a sense of that culture. And every time I walk through, it just feels so... Um, there's just amazing energy there and it takes a lot to build that culture. Like, I didn't grow up with schools where I felt really connected to like my teachers and I didn't have that sense of community. And once you know what it feels like, it's you, everyone is seeking that, that sense of community, that ability to want to, you know, trust who you want to talk to. And, you know, when you talk about these big productions that they do at Roses, I really do feel like it's such an empowering thing for kids to learn about, like something that they really want to do. And then the teachers and the people around them are like, okay, let's let's figure out how to make this happen. So they're like, oh, the things that I imagine, it is possible. It is possible, you know? So it's that problem solving. It's like, oh, how are we going to make this movie? How are we going to make this album? How are we going to make this song together? And also, there's so much value in the collaboration there. Like, all these kids are collaborating with each other. And so it's a very rich culture. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I've been marinating over here. Oh, my goodness. I really feel like this year's aha moment has been in the way that I have learned to discuss and address bully behavior as a microcosm of colonization. I say that because I I observed that for the last couple years, like I was afraid to say things like white supremacy. I I was afraid to say colonization. And I came back from, I guess, Thanksgiving break to another email about some subtle bully teasing behavior and I'm just like, I'm done. I'm done with this. This year, 100% of my students are going to feel safe and treating bully behavior as an environmental hazard so that the students are able to look for the signs and the symptoms of exposure so that they are able to take action accordingly has been everything. And talking about victims, bullies, bystanders, seeing how that is perpetuated in the schools and out of the schools and hearing them make these connections, first, second, third grade, let's go. And they are hungry for it because it's, ab- it's abundant and it's in their faces, it's in the media, it's everywhere. It's on the Disney Channel, it's on Nickelodeon, Nick at Night. I don't know if they still do that, but, they, but it is everywhere. And so they're trying to make sense of what they are seeing. Uh, their sense of safety has allowed for a foundation of activation beyond anything that I have seen before. Uh, and their willingness their willingness to be courageous in front of each other. 
is like something I've never seen before. So I think that has been my aha. You know, when I when I jumped into that conversation with them about bully behavior exposure, I talked to them about exposure and outbreaks. I talked to them about lights for about 20 minutes until they were like, what is it, Miss T? Like, what's on me? What is this? And then I'm like, well, this is bully behavior exposure. This is bully behavior. And our own U.S. history is deeply rooted in this. Let's look at this. And no one wants to grow up to be colonizers, right? No. Like, it's just, just, no, of course not. They're looking around at each other in, in a very diverse space, and they know that they want to move in empathy, and they know that they want to enhance their empathy muscles so that they can make the change and be the change in ways that don't exist. Mm-hmm. This is perfect. We are about at time. I have one more question that I can ask that would ask for a very short answer. How does that sound? Perfect. Okay. So in closing, I ask for a response in a word to a sentence. If you could cast a spell right now for what you would like to bring forth in your teaching, in your facilitation of learning and unlearning, what would you call forth? What would you ask for? Mm, easy. Infinite resources. Mm. Access to all information, no blocks. Higher pay for teachers and uh, those who work in education so they can be good and set, so they can take care of themselves, so they can take care of the next generation uh, without having to multitask five different jobs, and also more space, more space, Um, you know, more institutions, quote-unquote, set up, like cultural centers and spaces for the youth to go that are not just their school but other spots that these organizations can have now and parents and community and teachers can all come together there and do some even bigger things. And also for these tech companies to open up, sit down, and listen to what we want to bring to the media, what the young people want to bring, and and that happening. Thank you. Well, now, now, there, now there's nothing else to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, don't get me started. That was, that was my short version. <laughs> Infinite resources. I mean, now there's nothing left to say, right? Um, so I, I know folks have shared shared different gifts, and what what I would would say if I could cast a spell in this moment would be to to look at yourself in the mirror, and and remember when is the last time you really looked at yourself in the mirror, and look into your own eyes, and realize that. You shine with the light of a thousand suns that have been meticulously mended into a majestic molecular structure that allows us all to shine as one. And you are the creation. You are the creator. And anything you desire can be manifest into reality. Mm-hmm. Just look at yourself in the mirror and look into your eyes and believe that and realize that you are the truth. Right, and that's that's something I truly believe. I know yes. individual, structural, all this. Which I feel like we covered all the structural. Mm-hmm. We got infinite resources, but look at yourself mm-hmm. and see the infinite resources that yeah, live inside yeah. of you. That's exactly. Well, that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> nice bars. There was your third freestyle. By the way. I know. Uh, I mean, riffing off of infinite resources and the infinity in each of us, I deeply desire the opportunity to observe and collaborate with other educators that are passionate in this way and 
that feels like that feels and speaking on that today and so it is such an honor to be with you both same with, honor with you to all. Be all y'all yeah mm-hmm. and Nikki would you like to cast a spell as well I would just like to say let's keep doing this let's keep having conversations we rise is all about raising up voices and collaboration and there's so much power here in this room that like Miss T said is just supporting everyone who's doing that work and connecting them so you guys can be stronger another form of resources is just like strengthening that community that the people who are doing this work the more you guys know each other and start collaborating and also finding those tools to really nourish what you guys are already doing if we can strengthen that network and this community it's unstoppable you know you guys have so much richness in yourselves but when you come together it flourishes so do you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so do y'all. For this cohesion. Yeah. Speaking thank of you. spells, our next movie is going to be Hip Hop Hogwarts. Mm. So let that sink in for <laughs> oh a little bit. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. This is my favorite. Oh Coming my out gosh. soon. Hip Hop Hogwarts. Yeah. You heard it here first. Wait. Speaking of things coming up, we will absolutely link to ways that you all can connect with these three incredible people on both of our pages on kpfaapprentice.org for folks tuning in to Full Circle on KPFA. And for folks tuning in on We Rise, you can find all of this at mixcloud.com backslash We Rise Radio. That brings us to the end of this episode of Full Circle and We Rise. You're welcome for your new moon ritual. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Peace, 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 peace. Thank you. You can tune in next week to Full Circle to learn about the struggle to preserve the Berkeley flea market. Our executive producer is Miss M. Our technical director is Frank Sterling. Joy Moore is our production consultant. We've been your hosts, Kat Petru and Nicole Gervasio from We Rise. Thanks to Miss M on the board. And thank you for joining us tonight on Full Circle. Stay tuned. La Onda Bajita is next.